0: Hi everybody, Eric with uh, Smart Pot Fabric Planters here again with another episode of The Growing Revolution Smart Pot Podcast. And our guests today are Dale and Carrie Spoonmore, who host from Seed to Spoon, where they've been documenting their journey on becoming more self-sustainable, happier, and healthier by starting a massive backyard garden. Uh, they're big fans of growing in smart pot uh, planters and we wanted to get them on the podcast to have them share their experiences. Dale and Carrie, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thanks for having us.
0: Yeah, thanks for making time for us. Now, can you please talk about what life was like for you guys before getting into gardening? Can you introduce yourselves to those who aren't yet following you guys?
2: Yeah, so we started growing food back in 2015. Um, whenever I met Carrie, she helped me discover that the thing that I that had been afflicting me most of my life was anxiety and depression. And before then, I didn't have a name for it. And um, she's a nurse and, you know, I've seen a lot of things like this. And um, so we, we read this book called The Depression Cure that talked about how I could better manage anxiety and depression through growing food, drinking a lot of water, just living a more active lifestyle. Just a lot of things along those lines and we started gardening with that idea in mind and uh, I'm autistic and get obsessed with things and I got really obsessed with gardening and I kind of dragged her into it and now she's as obsessed as I am. And so um, we started a YouTube channel in 2016 to to show how we were growing food. And then in 2018 we released an iPhone and an Android app called from seed to spoon um, that makes growing food easier. And, and now we get to work on that app full time and in our YouTube in coordination with it. So, that's kind of a high-level summary of how we got here. Um, yeah,
1: before 2015, we hadn't grown our own food or done anything like that. I mean, the most I had done is like plant flowers, and that was pretty much it. And then we just suddenly, we just jumped in both feet.
0: Nice, <laughs> nice. Was, was there anything else from that book that helped you guys, um, you know, with your anxiety and depression, Dale? Or was it mainly the gardening that, that really did it for you?
2: It was an entire lifestyle change. I think the gardening helps with it because it started with food and water, the core things that were causing my body to give me anxiety. But there were also things that were causing my mind to produce anxiety, like being worried about things that happened in the past or what might happen in the future. And the garden and the lifestyle associated helps me focus on the current moment um it also helps me just appreciate life in general more i think especially in springtime after you've been through the dead of winter and you start seeing those green sprouts pop up it just makes you a happier person and i think just being more connected to nature in general has helped tremendously so i think it's all of it but it really starts with food because if you're putting a lot of junk into your body it's hard to even have the energy to do anything like that so I think that's something we still struggle with sometimes is, you know, have a package of gummy worms and then the next mm-hmm. day I'm wrecked. So um, yeah. those gummy worms are addictive,
0: man.
1: Well, and it also yeah, you more active too and doing things out in the sun. So you get more vitamin D and, and small things like that too. So it all works together.
0: Yeah. I, I think I heard a good quote to plan a garden is to believe in the future. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then also with somebody, I, I also, have issues with depression and anxiety myself and I've found that if I don't worry about the past and don't worry about the future so much and just kind of focus on the present um, that I feel much better about myself and And gardening kind of helps you to focus on you know what's what's at hand but at the, some, at the same time it gives you a vision of you know what your garden's going to look like in the future and you know hopefully it's going to look great right yeah uh, absolutely. we always hope so <laughs> yeah yeah you know there's um you you can't help you know mother nature sometimes you can't help you know pests and disease we can mitigate it but you know uh that's that's gardening life <laughs> you can't predict the future right Um, uh, so you guys didn't really have any gardening experience prior to getting getting going where were you going to for your knowledge base
2: so we started with the square foot gardening book, and it really resonated with me. Coming from a computer background, the engineering mindset, the organization of it all. So we started there, and I'm like when I say I, I get obsessed with something, it's mm-hmm. an understatement. Uh, obsessed for me means watching three to four hours of YouTube per day about that topic, reading a book or two a week on that topic. Uh, I went to the Master Gardener program. I went to every single meetup group I could find. I toured countless gardens of people around here. Um, you know, that that was really where the first year for us was rooted in, was in learning as much as possible, um, making a lot of mistakes and learning from that and just growing a lot. If you look at our seedtospoon.net website, you can see our before and after of our backyard, where it went from just a standard Oklahoma backyard, you know, lot into completely full, filled with gardens in a matter of about a year. So it was just a lot of trial and error um yeah that's anything
0: else a lot of youtube yeah
1: yeah, yeah. youtube lots well, of like, think, groups and things like that
0: yeah no nothing beats experience and you know who who cares if you don't have a ton of experience at gardening just experience is the best teacher so just get out there Absolutely. give it a shot you know, YouTube is loaded with great information. You know, your guys' uh, uh, channel is is a great tutorial for people who are just you know starting from scratch, and you know, you want to see how somebody has done it who, with no experience from seed to spoon is a, is a great example. So, um, I've been following you guys for a while, and for whatever reason, I just haven't downloaded your app until recently. And I'm kind of kicking myself for not downloading it sooner because it's a beautiful app. Um, I think my favorite section is the critters tab, uh, which makes pest identification much easier. Can you talk about the app and how it came about and especially what it does and how it can help gardeners garden easier?
2: Yeah, uh, thanks for the kind words about the app. I appreciate that. Um, So it started for us, you know, we we started our YouTube channel in 2016. We started getting a lot of questions from people that lived in other states of when do I grow tomatoes where I live? Or when do I grow that? Or what is this bug? Can you help me with that? And um, I'd been around software my entire career. I went to work at a software company out of high school and I was in product management uh, at the time. And, um, I just knew that there was an app that you know, I had this kind of vision for an app that could have all this information in one place. We were carrying around all these books into the garden. There was one day it rained and a couple of books got ruined. It was just like, there's gotta be like, how is there not an app for this? And, um, I was out to lunch with, uh, some developer friends and they, they talked me into trying to build it. And they told me they'd help me along the way. And, um and then one of them ended up coming to work on the project with me thankfully because he's one of the most brilliant people i've ever worked with so that was like really where the app came from was just um you know that and then we worked on it um uh, nights and weekends for about five years before we uh, just went full-time on it back a few months ago Parkseed uh bought our app and hired us to work on our our big vision of what we want to build which is you know what you see in the app now is just a preview we want to Send you reminders for when to fertilize and when to water based on how much has rained where you are. We want to do a lot of really cool stuff, and we're, we're excited that we actually get to do that now. So, wow. Carrie, is there anything I should add about the app? It's kind of a <laughs> overall... Well. One Carrie's of my favorite into, thing
1: yeah. is the can well the the time that you can plant, so it'll pull dates based on your nearest weather station. So no matter where you live, it works great for you. It'll give you exact planting dates because that was really important because we had people like all over the place asking, "Well, what is two weeks before my last frost?" And we're like, "I don't know." <laughs> so we had the app and pulled that up and make makes it so much easier too.
2: A feature. A qu- oh, sorry. <laughs>
0: Oh, I I had a question. Now, is that just um, for gardeners in the United States, or is that also Canada or other countries who can get that data?
2: Right now, it's only for the United States because we're using uh, weather data from the NOAA. So if we can find a source of data that's worldwide that seems accurate enough, we would do that. But I haven't found an API yet that works everywhere. So that is one of our goals. We would like for it to be worldwide, but... We only want to do things that we can do well and do right, yeah. and we can do it really well for the U.S. right now.
0: Makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, start, you know, start small, and then you can always mushroom out. Um, so, is seed uh, to spoon your guys full time gig, or do you guys are are you still in the uh, web development uh, industry, Dale? You know, is this your full time hustle?
2: Uh, so this is full time for us now. Um, starting nice. in January. Um, Park Seed acquired our app and they hired us to work on it full time. So this is all we do and it's a dream come true. It, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, I think we work harder than we've ever worked for any job <laughs> before, but it doesn't well, feel like it's our work.
1: passion too. Yeah. yeah right. I mean,
2: we're, you know, making videos every day or coding on the app or, um, meeting with Park Seed to help them determine what are the best products for them to carry. It, it's really cool to be able to have a, you know, have an impact on things like that because we have the same goal as Park Seed, which is to help people grow food, to make it easy and to be affordable for people and to have high quality products. So, you know, before we had our own Shopify store and we were literally going to the UPS store every day and spending 20 minutes in line around the holidays. And, you know, Carrie was spending two hours (laughs) every day, every single day, packing stuff up and teaching nursing online. And raising four kids. It
1: so. was a lot. Yeah, so. <laughs> so I'm really happy to just have the one job now. Yes.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's a dream come true. That's, that's, uh, that's really cool uh, that you guys got linked up with Park Seed. And I always say, when you're doing what you love, are you really working? You know, it, it's kind of that deal. How did you guys get linked up with Park Seed Company?
2: Well, they, um, they actually reached out to us. So um, the CEO of Park Seed... Um, found us on social media a year and a half ago or so and had been following us and one of their goals as a company was to branch out and you know into the into the technology space and to reach a new demographic of of customers so once we started having some conversations we quickly aligned on goals and realized that together we could do you know more than when we were by ourselves and Mm -hmm. Um, And our goal has always been to be able to work on this project full time. So um, it was really just came out of nowhere. I mean, we were just plugging away. Like we we kind of, you know, we always hoped something like this would come along. Um, So that's what we were focused on was just continuing to put in the work and to provide value and just hope that one day someone could see how it would
0: fit with their brand. Nice, nice. And it it makes sense that you guys channel is from seed to spoon and a seed company uh latched onto you better than a spoon company for um sure. <laughs> uh, so uh get, getting into smart pots you guys have been using smart pot planners um for a while uh, what do you like to grow in them the most and what have you i guess experienced with using smart pots versus other containers or you know other b- types of beds
1: so I'd say my very favorite thing to grow in them is always the potatoes. It is so easy to plant them and to harvest from them. And when they're in the smart pots, we find they do so much better whenever they're planted that way. So whenever we go to harvest, we just pick up the smart pot, dump it out in a wheelbarrow or wagon. And the kids always sort through. It's like an Easter egg hunt for them trying to yeah. find all the potatoes. <laughs> but those are my absolute favorite things to grow. I mean, but really, we grow everything in smart pots. Everything does better.
2: Yeah, there's very few exceptions, but pretty much <laughs> yeah. everything we grow is in a smart pot. We try and tell people to start with a few core things, though, like strawberries do amazing in smart pots, you know, a little herb garden, a salsa garden, all of those are great, but we haven't found anything that doesn't grow well in a smart pot yet. Uh, everything seems yeah. to grow better.
0: Yeah. And and you guys recently uh, relocated, right? Or not not too long ago to your to your current location. I remember seeing uh, posts that you guys had of, of moving all your your smart pots, uh, yeah. you know, on a big on a big uh, trailer. That was uh, that you know, but at the same time you don't want to leave all that good soil and you know those pots behind at your at your last spot so it's worth the effort i'm sure right that was
1: definitely another huge benefit of the smart pots because whenever we moved yeah we we just brought our garden with us because it was really in the middle of spring and we had planted a lot of things we had a lot of things going that we didn't want to leave behind so we just packed all of our smart pots up on the back of our trailer Grow them to the new place. We, it was like uh,
2: five trailer loads. Yeah, yes. We, we had to
1: make several trips.
2: But... but our garden moved into the new house before we did. Before yeah. we had anything else moved in, our garden was
0: there.
1: Priorities, right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, you got to eat. Um. So food, food, water, and air, those are the priorities yeah. for me. Well, um, we bought our farm the week that COVID started, so we didn't know what was going to happen in the world.
2: So that was definitely a key was we got to have our garden ready because... You know, who knows what the world's gonna look like in a few months.
0: You know, with with uh, current events, it's always good to have a garden going just in case. You know what hits the fan. Um, yeah, I, I'm a former Boy Scout, so our motto is "Be prepared." <laughs> yeah. uh, and then also, you know, I I love the portability of smart pots. I'm currently in uh, the Florida Panhandle, and we get you know hurricanes here, so the um, capacity to just pick up my smart pots and move them into like the garage. If I know a big storm is going to come is going to really help me out uh, when that time comes. And I know it's going to just don't know when <laughs> yeah. it's
1: the same for here too. I mean, cause we get some like tornadoes and severe weather hail and yep. random freezes late on late into the season. So, I mean, we can, you know, get our tomatoes and peppers out maybe a little bit earlier and just, bring them in if we need to
0: a hundred percent amazing yeah yeah um so dale i understand that you love to grow spinach and i just started growing spinach myself uh do you have any tips on growing spinach or do you just throw the seeds in and water it and it's that easy
2: yeah, um so spinach can be somewhat finicky at times if you have a hot streak when you plant it. So, I typically try and do uh, some succession plantings. So, we'll start planting spinach early in February um, and then just plant all the way through the end of March. Um, also, um, we try and have the strategy. The number one tip I can give for spinach is you need to think of it as a year long strategy. Whereas, like, we'll plant our first round of spinach in the fall and it'll grow for about two or three months before it'll go dormant in the winter. And then in the spring, it'll be one of the first things to come back alive and it'll start spitting out leaves pretty early. At that time, we'll, that's when we're planting our new round of seeds. So the, the spinach I planted in the fall is gonna bolt once we hit summer pretty quick, whereas the, the spinach that I planted in the spring is gonna last deeper into the summer. So if you wanna have a lot of spinach throughout the year, you have to think about planting it through, throughout different times like that Another key is also for us, you know, we live in Oklahoma where it gets very hot very quick. So I try to make sure that I plant spinach in an area where it's going to be shaded in the afternoon. That'll help it get um, through later into the summer as well. Um, Try a bunch of different varieties. Um, That's another tip I can give uh, because they're all going to taste a little bit different. Um, Bloomsdale Longstanding is one of the most popular. It does really well, but you know, try and branch out from that. Like Giant Noble is probably my favorite. It makes these leaves that are literally the size of your hand. And they're really good for using as a, as a tortilla replacement for a little burrito or a little wrap or something like that. You can just stuff nice. it full of rice and beans and some chicken and some sauce. And it's all going to hold it together and it's going to taste really good.
0: Nice. Nice. Uh, now, I've heard you guys talk about feeding the soil versus feeding the plants. And I think most gardeners look at fertilizing as feeding the plant, which I guess you are if you're using ionic nutrients that you know the roots can just absorb like that. But if you're growing organic, you really are feeding the soil and the microbes which break down that organic matter to feed to the plant. What are some of your favorite organic input ingredients to feed the soil?
2: When we lived in the city, we relied heavily on our rabbits. So we had, we had and still have a Flemish giant rabbits and we would use a lot of their manure because you don't have to compost at first. We also had worm castings that we relied on heavily when we lived in the city. Now that we live on a farm and we have a lot of animals, um, you know, I've got llama poop and goat poop and I've got all the poop you could ever imagine around here. <laughs> so that's probably the biggest source for us now. Um, or like, oh, uh, I just had 30 tons of compost delivered yesterday from a local compost manufacturer. So I saw your post on that, that was, that's a lot of, a lot of like compost Christmas around here. You get that, it's like you start dreaming of all the gardens that can be built with it. So, um, you know, th- that's our main source. In the past, I've gone down some of the rabbit holes of compost teas and worm teas and all types of things like that. Um, what I kind of discovered and what I think, you know, what I've discovered through some other like One Yard Revolution had a really good series on YouTube about it where he worked with some professors and did a lot of tests on it. And yeah, you can produce billions of extra microbes with that compost tea, but as soon as you pour it on the soil, the soil is going to regulate down to how many microbes can live there, can be supported. And you're going to end up with about how much you would have if you just used a lot of compost and then watered it in frequently. So, um that's the approach we like to take now is we just use a lot of compost and then you know making sure that they're getting water when they need and i'll add some fish fertilizer um when it, whenever i need to add a little nitrogen but that's about all we do um and then if i have soil that looks like it just doesn't have much life in it i just add more compost so we're, u- we're using the Mel's mix with square foot gardening so generally we're remixing every smart pot every time we plant it and what i mean by that is we're kind of dumping out three or four smart pots into one big barrel adding in compost mixing all together we do some espoma fertilizer too the organic fertilizer spaces bone mill and blood mill and some other stuff mixed in but um we'll kind of mix all that together and then you know refill the, the smart pots and then get going again so it's a little different than when we planted in in the ground or in raised beds where i thought of that as soil that was living year to year um and i guess that's one downside of the approach I, that comes with the with how i treat these smart pots now but we've had a lot of success doing it so um it's just really all comes down to the quality of the compost
0: makes sense and i i'm a big proponent of uh, keeping things simple mm-hmm. i think that's you know where a lot of gardeners get tripped up is they try to add you know too many fertilizer products and then you know the you know, the PPM or the EC is just off the charts, and that's not good for the microbes or, or the plants uh, themselves. So, uh, yeah, I think a good way to start out gardening is, you know, good quality compost. You know, make sure you're watering um, regularly, but not too much, and, and just go from there. So, um, you guys are big on education, obviously, with all of your videos and, and posts and stuff. How do you think we can spread gardening to the next generation?
1: Well, I say I do that a lot because we have our kids and they come out in the gardens with us too. And I try to include them in some videos too. I actually just planted strawberries the other day with our youngest and he was uh, he strawberries are his favorite and he absolutely loves it and yeah, just including them in that and I think showing them and having videos Showing them eating it and making it and all of that, just including them in it, is the best way.
2: Yeah, and they need to have success. You know, with kids, I like to yeah. start them off with something like radish, where they're going to have a, something that grows pretty fast. Now, they're not necessarily going to like the taste of the radish, mm-hmm. but they at least have success in something that they grew. And you're not starting them with a tomato, like, it has a high degree of failure, right? Especially depending on where you live. Um but, you know, like she said, just get them involved. It's um, something
1: that they like. Like like with our, our, our kid with strawberries, he goes and checks on them like every single day. He's always looking for new strawberries. He wants to go out there and water them so he can get some strawberries.
2: <laughs> and don't, um, you know, have a lot of patience with them in the garden. So if they water the wrong thing too much or if they step on a plan or whatever like you've got to educate them on not doing that again but don't ruin the experience for them by making it a negative um you know that's one thing about our videos too is we try and include our kids when they want to be involved because we've had so many people reach out and say our kids are interested now because they saw your kids being excited about it so you know just getting them involved and getting them connected to to where their food comes from i think you know, two of our kids have this is all they've ever known, and for them it's completely normal just to walk out in the garden and grab a couple leaves of spinach or a couple lettuce or kale, and then snack. Like when they're hungry, they'll just go snack on that. That's just all they've known. It's just second nature to them.
0: That that makes perfect sense, and I I, I really love the idea of growing what your kids like to eat because. Mm you know that's just more motivation for them to be out there taking care of the plants and and watching the progress. So, and and I would say that goes for, you know, adults too. Why would you grow anything that you don't like to consume? You know, you're just wasting space where you could be growing strawberries or, you know, something something you do like. Absolutely. Um what's on the horizon for, for Seed to Spoon? What are you guys uh working on? What are you guys uh got going on uh, for the future?
2: So our biggest focus right now
0: is on Garden Plus.
2: Garden Plus is a, is out as a beta right now in the app and it allows you to track uh, plants from your garden. So you can log when you've planted something, we'll give you estimated harvest dates right now and we'll give you estimated sprouting dates. But that's where we really want to expand. So um, Garden Plus will be moving into a paid feature within the next few months. And we're gonna be adding a lot of things people have been asking for, like the ability to add plants into the database, like from your own, like something that we don't have in our list, you can add into your garden. The reminders I mentioned earlier for watering and fertilizing, um, better calendar features, so you can kind of see an overall view of when to plant what and all of that. Uh, we've received just literally thousands of emails over the years of things that we've been like, yeah, we would love to be able to build that, but I can't do it on Friday nights only. Um, <laughs> So, you know, that's that's what we're running on now is is trying to add those features, you know, like visual gardening planners, just um you name it if uh, if if it's been We got a lot of ideas for things. And there'll
1: be a lot of new plants added very soon also. Nice. We've had countless requests for different <laughs> different types of plants, so we will be adding in more flowers to and yeah, a bunch of bunch of things.
0: And yeah. to <laughs> Whatever Park Seed is uh, putting out uh, in seed form, they probably want you guys to have a guide or a little little section on that plant uh, in the app, right?
2: Yeah, for the most part, we've pretty much had, you know, everything that they had in in their list already, but there's definitely uh, an opportunity for us to go through with some of the experts from Park Seed and, you know, look at some of our data and, and do all that kind of stuff. So we've been doing that as well. Um, another thing that we've been focused on is, you know, now that we get to be full time, things like, and like our YouTube presence, like now we can do a live chat every Friday, which we do with our users, where we send out a notification to our app users saying, ask your questions, you know, join us and let's chat for the next hour. So things like that, that we're excited to be able to do now that just weren't really possible whenever I had to fit in my full-time job before.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. You Sounds like you guys are really living the dream right now, you know, living your best life. Um, for people who aren't following you on social media, where can they find you guys?
2: If you search for From Seed to Spoon on any of the channels, you'll find us. Um, it's You can also find links on our website at seedtospoon.net. Uh, spell that however you want. I think I've covered all the different ways <laughs> of spelling that with the domain. Yeah. So, um, that's the main way to find us but again if you just search for from seed to spoon you should find us most anywhere and you can find our app in the app store by searching for that as well
0: yeah i I highly recommend anybody who's watching this to check out the from seed to spoon app it's uh it's a beautiful app it's very easy to use easy to navigate and i think it could probably benefit just about every gardener out there in some way so Mm -hmm. Um, excuse me great job on the app and i'm i'm looking forward to the garden plus uh section that um you know i'm i'm not the most organized person so if i could have like a you know a digital reminder like hey you know go water or hey it's time to harvest like i'm right there just, with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah i'm a busy guy um so i guess you know on that note it's been really a pleasure having you guys on the podcast with us and I've been big fans of you guys, and I'm going to continue to, you know, follow you guys, and uh, hopefully one day when I'm out in Oklahoma, I can meet you guys out uh, out there in person uh, somewhere. So, Dale and Carrie, thank you so much for joining us on the Growing Revolution podcast.
1: <laughs> thank you. Thanks
0: for having us, Eric. Nice thank to meet you. you.